Hello, everybody. Mickey, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so sorry, everyone, that we're starting late. My laptop got bricked. Technology. It happens. It's live. It's live. That's what happens. I guess. Have you ever had any technical flaws happen live before? Never this bad, no. Okay. But I'm really glad that as a pro broadcaster and as a friend, you were on the other side to meet me because if you were someone I knew less well, uh, I think I'd be even more nervous. So thank you for being a familiar and happy face. All right, folks. You know, it's, it's, it is what happened with live TV, live streaming. This is my first live stream, I think. I've done lots of live TV in the past, but not live streams. Well, I appreciate you as an old pro, Mr. QVC. Okay, humans, we are here for the weekly Vine Down, a show where we get obviously candid, quite weird about some of the topics impacting higher ed and enrollment. And this week, we're back with some professional development. It's sort of a part two to a conversation we started to have last week about uh, truly excellent email and communication flow. And um, last week, we chatted with our guests about kind of how to organize your thinking about what makes email great. Today, we want to get tactical with the OG of measuring results, Mickey Baines, who you now have already met. I'll introduce myself and then Mickey, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the humans. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Emily Smith. I've been in this fine world for about 20 years across four companies. I reckon I've worked with 500 admissions offices, everything from student search through consulting, CRM, business process, enrollment management consulting. And I first met Mickey when I had my CRM hat on and I was working with a small Catholic university who like I'll say this affectionately, had like an absolute dumpster fire of a CRM install. And Mickey and I traveled to this campus together and spent the day with this college. And we mapped out a bunch of really squeaky clean business process and communication flow process. And we've been pals ever since. Mickey, please we introduce have. yourself to the humans. Thanks. So you know, and you're telling that story. And I'm thinking, I remember we met before um, we met the client. We, mm -hmm. we were, we, we had breakfast. And I can't remember the client. I do, I, but I'm I not going to say I remember having it. breakfast. Okay, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it. But I, I'm, I was trying to think, where was that? Where? I remember the hotel and I remember meeting for breakfast. But It was someplace you drove. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, uh, I know where it is. I'll say, I'll say you know exactly where it is. Mm -hmm. yep. so, so hello, humans. Uh, good day to you. I'm Mickey Baines. Uh, I'm a partner at Kennedy & Company. Uh, we're a higher ed strategy firm. Uh, as Emma said, I oversee our tech services team, which really means CRM. Everything that we do is rooted somehow in CRM. Uh, I've been in higher ed for, this is my 25th year. Um, and I just last year crossed over halfway. So the first 12 years was directly mm -hmm. in higher ed, working um, in enrollment management and student success. And for 13 years now, I've been consulting. I left higher ed to be an enrollment management consultant. That's, that's what I wanted to do. Um, great plans launched that and a client to, uh, my second client asked me if I would, um, help them with the CRM implementation because I had done that, um, did it and just got asked again by different folks here and there. And, uh, that led me from a solo consulting group with, I don't know, 20 clients at any given time, maybe 12 at any 12 to 20 at any given time and, uh, moved over to Kennedy and company, helped launch what we do now. And now we have a full team and, um, like you, hundreds of, of clients served um, since I've been consulting. That's awesome. And Mickey, you and I are so aligned in this because you you bill yourself as a technologist by trade and enrollment manager by heart. And that like really That's resonates right. with me. And I know you too, just because the people will be so odd about your performance here mm -hmm. today, you too are a podcast host. Um, you've got a host, a show called yeah. CRM 
CRM improv. Am I saying yes. that right? CR improv. CR improv. I've been, yeah. I've been on this show and I still can't say it. And I will be on this yeah. show again and I still can't say it. Yep. CR improv. Yep. Yeah. That's it. We um it's it's uh you guessed it, it's on CRM, but it's really looking at CRM from the end user, the functional user. So um if you're in admissions enrollment management, if you're in student success, um whatever capacity, and if you're if you're a user of CRM, um, we dive into topics to help you think about to, um ways to use the tool better, ways to grow in the tool and expand your use of the tool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so Mickey, you are an expert and this is how sort of we met. And this is something I've seen you do this show many times where we talk about communications and we can talk like we can get a little into multi-channel communications, but I really want to focus this onto some tactical stuff around like basic tuning around email and how to think yes. about this. Um, the really, I think about like available time to effort. And right now is not maybe the time that you could do a big scale comms audit, which would you would maybe do more like in the summer or on a rainy day. And right now there are not a whole lot of rainy days uh, in enrollment. And I don't want to spend too much time here, but Mickey, like, can you tell me a little bit about how you would approach the type of project, like a big scale strategic comms audit and review? Can you talk about like how you would organize your thinking and work about where to start and how to run a project like that? I'm sure I'll have tons of follow-up questions. Yeah, so um, so I'd be looking at the audience we're serving first and looking at our enrollment goals. Let's be sure we know what it is we're trying to achieve. Um, let's be sure we know who it is we're trying to connect with. So if we're doing this, the big picture, those are the things I'm, I'm going to start. And then let's start looking at the ways in which we're engaging that audience and how it's being measured to start finding um, what is working, what is not working, and where there are holes in your funnel that the comms might help create. Um, so I, I look at that, but then I want to start, if we really get into the tactical piece, let's start looking at the communications to see, you know, if your recruitment strategy is really focused on, and, and everyone's going to say this, okay. So everyone's going to building relationships. Mm. So if that's what you're trying to do in your automated communications, then let's look at how you're doing that. Um, and then, you know, we can nitpick every single message. Um, to start breaking it down to say, okay, how is this particular message building a relationship with a prospect if they receive it? What is unique about it that's building a relationship? And because in each message, you want to be driving them, uh, to your prospective student, to some action or a current student even, but you're trying to drive them to an action, um, not 14 actions. Mm. So what is it we're trying to communicate? What is it we want them to do? And then how are we building a relationship? And for me, building relationships um, means we're building trust. Mm. And, and you and I, I shared some, uh, a deck with you, um, that I had used in the past. There's a slide on there. You probably, cause I didn't explain what wall was in that deck. And there was a slide on there that has like this math looking formula to it. Right. And it's T equals P of G minus P of E. And so I'll explain what that is. So T Talk is trust, trust, T is trust. Your ability to build trust is equal to how your prospect views the likelihood that what you're communicating and doing for them is good versus evil. So evil meaning for me as the school. So mm -hmm. how much value am I giving to you to provide something good to them? So if you want to build trust, that has to be greater than what it is you are asking to get back from a prospect. And the other thing I would say about building relationships 
You know, if we think about relationships in our lives um, with people that we have relationships with, it's not a 50-50 world. There are some relationships you have where it might be close to 50-50, but there will be some point in your life that you can think back and point to and say, okay, there was a relationship where I put in 80% of the time. And at some point I said, enough. I am not going to continue a relationship where I have to continually put in 80% because there's no value coming back to me. It's the friend that's always asking you for a favor, but it's never around when you need a favor. Um, well, in our world, when we're building a relationship, first, you need to understand it is not 50-50 because we are the institution. We are the salesperson or the person asking the student to do an action. So we don't start 50-50. Depending upon how you generate that lead, if it's a prospective student, it could be 75-25 where you're putting in 75% of the effort. It could be 95-5 to where you have to put in 95% of the effort to build a relationship. And then as you grow over time and you get closer to enrollment, then it starts to shift back. It's not going to be 50-50, but it's not always needing to be 95-5. But if yeah. you are trying to treat it 50-50 or 40-60, you will lose. You well, are not going to build a relationship. Yeah, like that's a new, that's a change, right? Because when I was applying to college when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I, I definitely as a student had this feeling of like, oh my goodness, I hope this, I hope colleges choose me. Like I would yep. like to be picked. And yep. I felt like I had no power in that relationship. And I think over time, certainly the generation of students who's applying to colleges now definitely have way more choices. We have colleges who are like, of course, the more highly rejective colleges have become more highly rejective. But by mm -hmm. and large, most of the colleges we work at, work with, are becoming less selective and more hungry for students. And the power balance yes. has really shifted. And I think that yes. mindset that you're bringing to the table about like, it's actually okay to be in service of and sort of uh, in service of the students that you're trying to recruit in a way that will attract them and attract sort of like magnetic energy back to you um, yeah. is really, really critical. We talk about this just to like bring some sales language because this is something I like to do in the Vine Down is talk about like how a corporation runs sales. There's mm -hmm. some language here that we can use, which is buyer in versus seller out. And if yeah. I were working as a salesperson with somebody who I wanted to buy something, college fine or a car or anything, mm -hmm. I might say like, Mickey, come look at my car. I need you to come buy my car. But like that has nothing to do with you as the buyer. That has everything to do with me as the seller. So you're yes. kind of saying like yep. we need to remain um buyer in versus seller yes. out. In and, and so when you think about the content of Mickey, come look at this car, it's it's more Mickey, tell me about what it is you want in a car, you know, you know, mm -hmm. so I can understand and then say, you know what, that's great. You want a V6, you want a V8, you want a sports car. To be clear, I don't want a sports car. No, I'm you not. want a car that's yep. going to pull your big ass camper. I know. That's you, right. Yeah. Yes. So this I need a car. This yeah. is a truck. I, yes, right. so I need a big truck. But if I'm at a Buick dealer, mm -hmm. Buicks have trucks in their model line. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to then say is, okay, that's great. I see what you need. Um, we don't have trucks. However, our sister dealership, not too far down the road, because we're General Motors is a GMC and they have a truck. Would you like me to call GMC and set up an appointment so you can drop over there and see what they have? What a buyer and experience. Right? That is giving back. That's providing value. Whether or not you're getting anything in return, you're providing value. Okay. So back to, we like spiraled into some specifics, which I, I yes. want to get into on, more on that road. But like, if I were to pull back into this question of like, if you had a rainy day and you want to do a full strategic comms audit. Yep. Like I'm going to start with my least performing time, messages. Well, yep. like how much time would you need for that project? And so we're going to do like rapid fire questions. You need four days, 40 days. So how many communications you already have in place? Okay. Right. So let's, let, well, how many, if you've got 40 
com flows going out there that have 25 messages each, that's going to take a long time to kind of evaluate. It also depends on what reports and metrics you have in place to kind of assess emails and flows. Mm -hmm. So flows, I might be looking at conversions of prospects from one stage of the funnel to the other, if that's what that flow is designed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I might be looking at some average click-through rate across that campaign. Mm -hmm. I might be looking to see in a particular campaign, where does the um, the engagement drop. Is it a particular message? Is Are there great ebbs and flows throughout the comm flow where some messages are doing really well, some are not? Um, I start looking at all of those components. I typically then also look at my lowest hanging fruit. So if I'm going to do this audit right now, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to start looking at, the, at my comm flows post uh, app decision. If I'm doing like early decisions, let's start with those because they're getting ready to drop. Um, and I want to be sure that those are functioning as best we can. Okay, so, so there's like I, a I timeliness to when, like, how you might yeah. start to chip away at the iceberg. I typically look at where job. we are, what's missed. Yeah, usually in my world, people don't come to me and say, hey, we want to do a comms audit for 2026. Um, they want to nice. yeah, they, they want to impact yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the best way to do that is to, to start looking and determining what, where do we start? The flows that have the most impact coming up that we can make change. Um, and start finding ways. And in that in that type of project, if we're helping like revamp the entire messaging, and I don't say the entire message, we're trying to revamp some messaging and think about messages that are for us as an institution versus the prospect, then we can start going through those, those campaigns, start helping the client work through and see what they can change. And that also helps teach them so they can start being involved in doing some of it themselves. Yep. Um, I don't want to do it all. I want, I, I want the school to be able to, because even if we did it all, when we're done, you don't stop. It's not that those comms are there forever. You have to always be looking and testing and finding what to improve. Uh, and if we don't teach that, then you're kind of stuck again. And I don't, I don't know, we don't do this for clients to be stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're like, you're building a culture around diagnosis, measuring, yes. um, yeah. and some it's of It's a flywheel. Everything yeah. I look at it is a flywheel. So it, it do, it's not a linear thing. It doesn't stop. You, it's a circle. And once you complete that evolution... Uh, it's time to do another one. Like yeah. you've got to keep going. Yeah. And I think like actually something we talk about at College Vine all the time when we're developing software is is our ways to limit scope. And we're not doing that because we're stingy. We're doing that because we like to go fast. Um, so we will have like really open conversations if we're trying to build a new feature, for example, and we're working with some of the product team and some of the developers, like a very reasonable question to ask in that effort is like, how can we limit scope so that we can go faster? And that's not to say that we're not going to get to these nice to have things or the big audit or the big audit across mm-hmm. all the different comp flows. It's really just to say, like, what is the chewable bite that we can take right now to get a measurable result? And I, I think about some of like the ways to make it really small. And to your point, like it will be reasonable just to start like an email at a time to, to yeah. evaluate some of this stuff. Um so I want to tell the audience too, because I know we've got a ton of watchers today. Um, please use the LinkedIn live chat to chat with us. I'm sorry I was so frazzled at the top of the show because I bricked my laptop that I didn't give you that housekeeping note. We can see when you chat to us, we are now currently live. So when you chat to us using the LinkedIn chat, we will see it. Um, this is an awesome opportunity to ask Mickey Baines, the OG on communication to address questions and comments. So like, please use that. We do see that. So Mickey, if we're talking about like a really limited scope and we're talking about just evaluating one email at a time, you talk about five components to an email that I want to kind of dig into. And you talk about subject line, the from address, logo, call to action, and body. I guess that's six things. Um, 
And I want to talk about like those things in order because we've got a takeaway for this group, um, which I'll share my screen if I can get my uh, stuff together here. I'll share my screen and show the takeaway, but this will help you give sort of a cover sheet to each email that you're writing and start to organize some of those things. So subject line, from address, logo, a clean call to action, body, and then um, how you might measure these results and how you might improve them. So let's start with subject line. And like yeah. your point on why is like, this is your first and sometimes the only way to make an impression. Talk to me about subject line, Nikki. Uh, if they don't understand what the email is about, they're not gonna open it. Mm. Yeah. So let's just stop Simple, there. But great point. So, you know, I like, I, I, I like to use a rule of 50-50 for subject lines. So you write that email that you need to write, go through it, take your time, make sure it's right. And when you're done, look at how much time it took you. And that's the same amount of time you put in the subject line. Because if they don't open it, every, all that time you just spent Doesn't is for matter. nothing. It's for nothing. The subject line is important. So how are you wording that subject line to inform someone of why they individually, not everyone that you're emailing, each individual person, how can you find a way that gets to the heart of the why? Uh, and then there are other tactics you can throw in there that help spike um, the open. So, so, you know, you can numbers, emojis, all those things typically um, help with an open rate. Now, I'm always hesitant and urgent with urgency because you don't want to say every single email is urgent because then no email is urgent. After four or five, do this now. Like you don't get um, to cry wolf. Yes, yeah. yes. deadlines looming. Mm -hmm. You know, if the deadline is December 1 and today is September 15, I don't know that the deadline's really looming. So, but if it is September 15 and a deadline's December 1, there are other, there's other ways I can build an email and then put a subject line around it. So I'm, I'm going to, Here's a here's some it's not the actual content, but here's a topic, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to get someone to apply by December one, and it's um, by December one, and say today's September fifteen, it might be three things applicants need to know when applying in September, right? Boom, and it's it's hitting it and there it's because it's the middle of September. It's There's right, and so you're, mm -hmm. you're and and you're starting to indicate potentially that people are applying in September. So if folks that haven't thought about it, maybe like, oh my goodness. Right. People are applying now and you're subtly encouraging a little bit of urgency there or demonstrating that you can have it. It could be, you know, if today, what is today? The today is November, November something 16th. So if you've got a December one deadline, it's you know, coming. 14 days left. Um, you know, I, I tried this now, you know, I like to play around a little bit and, and push the envelope a little bit, some folks. Um, and I did this with, um, it was a scholarship deadline. Um, I think it was scholarship deadline with a client, but I just was kind of joking because I knew they wouldn't take it. But I like propose a subject line. There's always next year. Like, OK, um, you know, it's like, <gasps> well, yeah, I know. But that's kind of, you know, it's kind of what he's saying. You know, it's, it's you know, it could be three, two, one, dot, 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 mm -hmm. you know, something like that, that starts to impact. It. But you can't always just say apply now because that's the urgent one that everybody sends. And I'm sure if you look at your conflict, you'll find an email that's got that as a subject line apply now. And that is to me one of the, the worst to put. And, and the reason I say it's the worst is because everybody's got one in their conflict. Hmm. And so every school that's talking to a prospect is saying apply now. And they're not just saying it to inquiries. They're saying it to the people whose names they bought. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? that's that's like a senior and, search move that we've definitely and, made. Right. And so that's a name in your database. It is not an inquiry. 
It is not someone who has raised their hands to say, I am interested. And the thing about the communications, you they and this is you know something we'd look at in an audit, by the way, is what are you we talked about driving to an action? If I've not raised my hand to inquire, yes, you're gonna say apply now, but that person's most likely not ready to apply because they've not truly raised their hand. Right. I want to drive them to a point of saying, I want to know more. Whatever more is, we can figure that out. But the, I want them to want to know more. And then once you get them engaged and looking at what else you have, then they're ready to apply. Um, and I've even seen like to some, I've seen two-year institutions take inquiries and sometimes even bought lists to say, hey, register now. Like, no, they're not. They haven't applied. And I know you let everybody in as an open public access institution. That's great. But if they're not saying I'm even ready to apply, they sure as heck aren't ready to register. And so how do you guide them? And so, you, you know, that's where driving them to the right action is really important. And telling someone register now or apply now when they've not raised their hand to express any other interest, you're skipping stages. Yeah. So you're some of missing this will an opportunity to really connect. Yeah. So some of this will come up later when we talk to like having a really clean call to action. But you're yeah. like the thing I'm feeling you bring a lot of energy on about the subject, a couple of things yep. to, to re-say what I'm hearing you say. Like one, apply now as a subject line is dead. If you see it, kill it. Oh, Two, I <laughs> I'm feeling you. Two, urgency it. is built judiciously. Yes. Three, uh, numbers and emojis are good when used well. Yep. Yep. And I'm also hearing you say there's like a nuance on set and setting around timing and like stage conversion that really matter. Because again, like this is the first, maybe only um, impact your email might make because we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can't know how many students will open it or how many families will open it. So the subject line is like really the, the thing to put a ton of energy into. Yep. By the way, this is digression, but I'm just going to, before I forget, Hey, it's a live show. The, we do what we the, want. The email that will have that generally gets the big biggest open is the very first email you send after someone fills out a request for an information form. And I know you're intense about timing here. Tell me about when that email should happen first. Well, you wanted to go out right away. You, you wanted to, but but what you don't want to do is go out right away and say, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. We'll be in touch," because mm, that's the email the that gets read the most. So you just lost your opportunity to engage. And so outside of the emails, one of the things I really like to do on an RFI form is mm -hmm. to ask a question that few people are asking. I actually was on someone's website the other day and they actually were asking it, but the problem is they asked like 40 things. And it's <laughs> too way many too questions, much. like application yes. amount of things. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, so give me the four uh, phone numbers I need to reach out to you. What, do you. what is your mother and father's name? You know, like, that's just an inquiry form. It was, it was multiple pages. But anyway, so the question you want to ask, um, there, there's kind of two, but, you know, what are you most interested in, you know, when you think about enrolling in college or what's, what's most important to you? What's your biggest challenge when you're thinking about enrolling? Okay, so getting I want to know that. Data. Yeah. Yes, because then I've got context. The data gives us context and I want to know what they're interested in because then if they tell me that they're most interested in, I don't know, just say it was intramural sports. It's not going to be, but let's just say it was. Guess what? When I send that, thank you for inquiring, there's going to be something in about intramural sports. Mm-hmm. The flag football championship trophies awaiting your name. Like, yeah, that's there's, a, there's like a, a like seen them. and heard component that I think colleges yes. are underusing that can be yes. like in that in that first automation in that first email. We talk about this a lot on College Vine and Mickey. We actually haven't talked a lot about what College Vine is or does. We have preference and persona data on 
more than 2 million students on our network who are on the network explicitly to get recruited by colleges. Mm -hmm. So my line on this is not only do our students on College Vine want you to know their information because they understand that they're explicitly there to get connected with colleges, they expect you to know their information. So not only do students sort of like think about this consumer experience that college students are college bound students are having now with Target, Amazon, Netflix, they are used to that experience where they are known, quantified, mm-hmm. and the entities are interacting with them on specific data that make them feel seen and heard. Particularly, mm-hmm. like this is not like you're buying something on Amazon who can interact with you on this level. You are making an emotional experience about where you're going to spend time and a boatload of money. That is the institution or entity that should come to you and be like, Nikki, I think you're going to give a crap about flag football. Like, do you want to talk about that? And then all of a sudden you're rocketed up into like trusted advisor status. You're going to be able to take in the information from that college way more and way better than just like, hey, Maggie, thanks for your four phone numbers. We'll be in touch. Like yes. kills the vibe. If you, and if I tell you it's in real sports and then you, you reply back with our great academic rigor, it's a missed opportunity. If I tell it's you rigor is most important to me, right? Yes. Then, then if I want to take an, up the ante with how we're communicating. If you, if a prospect says, Hey, I'm, I'm most interested in your academic rigor and, and maybe I know that you're interested in business as a major, then the chair of the business department, what if they're the ones who send the welcome? Thanks for inquiring with us. I can't wait to connect with our missions team to help guide you through the enrollment experience. I mean, something along those lines, right? That's, that's kicking it up at level. Obviously you don't want the department chair of business responding to everybody. I mean, it's not a manual response, but you don't want their name to go out to everybody, but because it's academics and because it's business, now I can dynamically insert that that's who the request for information is from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we spun out like way big on subject line, which is critical, but I also want to talk about like, um, maybe we'll script, skip, skip the from address right now. But I no, actually... let's go. To, let's go to from address. Okay, from address is actually me. really important. Okay, from address is really important because what you're Tell trying me. to do when building a relationship, it's building a relationship with the institution and with the person that is responsible for recruiting that student. Okay, so, you're, so that's sort of on your line about like how yes, you so you want to have that in now. Faculty member versus the institution. Correct, correct. Okay. And a lot of us when we're doing these automated emails, we just follow along with what IT is set up for us in that email server from campus. Mm. And here's where I'm going with this. If that email that comes automatically or any email that's coming there that's from the counselor and it's last name, comma, first name, because that's how you just have it set up by default, you're missing out on really building a relationship because they're going to forget who you are. It's it's Emily from College Fine. Mm-hmm. It's Mickey from Awesome University. You know, and maybe it's Mickey Baines, but you you want to start building that name and that brand. Um, don't Attached always have it. Person. Yeah, yeah. Like a human. Names, names start yeah, to build yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have five different names coming um, in the box. It's okay. I, and we do try to play around and test different names, but you want to start building some consistency. If it is a generic bland email, that is not great. It's okay if not all are perfect for you yet. But if you know one's not great, don't put that from the, the counselor because you're killing their ability to build a relationship. Put that from admissions. Right. I see. Put that so from the university. Really, you're making a tough yeah. choice in that moment of like when to bring Correct. the counselor forward versus yes. when to bring the institution yes. entity forward. Okay. Yes. That makes sense to so, me. So so from name is really important. So don't overlook that. If it's every if you if you're putting out bad emails from the counselor and the counselor really has to email them, they're gonna skip them because you've been giving them bad emails. Um <laughs> right. and they don't want to hear from that counselor anymore because it's crap. Right. So and just, what a way to ruin a yes. territory. 
Yes. So, so keep that in mind. So from names matter. So um, what was next? Okay. Call to action. And this is where like, we've action. already started to get intense about this because Gosh. let's assume Ooh. they've opened your email because they liked yeah. the subject line and the from address felt yeah. resonant. Yeah. Like, Talk yeah. to if me you've about got four sentences that you're talking through whatever, and you haven't mm -hmm. yet told me what it is you want me to do next, too late. Too late. You've got like four seconds. I've heard three. So when they open it, that's it. That is it. And when I do some of these communication presentations, sometimes I, I used to do this where I throw up a sample email that lets that folks read. And then, then I just click a stop sign. It shows up after like five seconds. Oh, okay. And like, that's all you yeah. have. That's yeah. all you have because they've already tuned out. If you didn't already tell them what you want, so time yourself, read it, give it to someone else, let them read, and mm -hmm. you keep a stopwatch and stop it at four seconds. Say, where did you finish? Right, yeah. and they can tell you where. And if you haven't got to the point, and this that it's not already resonating, forget it. They they're not going to read anymore. They're done. They're done. That's right. So if you you know it's it's eighty percent on the device, right? So if I have to scroll more than once, it's too long. Okay, so call to action, that. put it up top. Put now it up tell top. Tell me about the like so, what. No, you what can do buttons. You can do links. I like to play a little okay. bit with with both. Generally, your buttons, buttons aren't going to be links. the top. You might have them to the side. Yep. It's okay to have a paragraph and then a button. If it, let's, I'll just use open houses because mm -hmm. that's everybody does open houses. Whether it's physical or virtual, you're doing something. You've got that call to action. Don't don't put in like um, RSVP or reserve my you know like. Um, um, what is it? Click sign to respond. Now. Reserve now. Sign up. No, change that junk. Get that out of there. Um, sign me up. Hold my seat. Make it first person for the student. That, so it's buyer those language. in versus seller yeah. out. Like it's yes, like those what you're going to get versus what I'm student, pushing onto you. That increases clicks. Mm. So, you know, whole, you know that RSVP. Reg oh, that was a register. Oh, good Lord. I mean, register. Don't. You like hit your desk and your computer shook a little bit to add. Oh, did it? Sorry, like, yeah, like no, that uh, was good. Like, yeah, like just, no, energy just like, yes. Register. Let's get let's get register off to the side. Okay, register is what you want their grandparents to do, right? <laughs> you want them to want to like grab a seat. You want to like get get my ticket, hold my spot. Those mm -hmm. that turn it let that draws them in. So okay, so yeah. up top, make it buyer. Got to be on top, and yes, so why it's important to me and what you want to do. So sometimes what if I've got this from admissions, we want to invite you to the open house. I like to have a second message that goes out um, <clears throat> that's from the counselor. Sometimes that might be SMS. Sometimes it might be email. Um, Mickey, I want to be sure you saw, we sent out the invite to the open house. I want you to come because dot, 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 finish the sentence, not two sentences, one sentence, finish it. Click here to grab your seat. That's it. Let me know if you have questions, Mickey. And that's the email. Nothing else, nothing more. Short, sweet. It can be point. that simple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't have to agonize over the body. Yes. So. Yep. And if it's SMS, it might be Mickey. We sent an email. I don't know if you saw it. Mm. Um, it's for the it's for the open house. I really want you to go check it out. That's it. Makes sense. Okay. So the last thing we have here is sort of. Um, body and logo like what are your few hot tips and i know you could talk all day about yes, this like, we, what are the everybody likes headers and wanna, such yeah headers and such don't always have the same one i mean if you've got just a color and your logo and all that okay but like, sometimes we see photos at the top um just align the photo with what it is you're trying to say what oh, i had one the other day and i forget what it was but so the photo like was the library yeah. when it's about the sports. library <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't, what's the library got to do with it? And, you know, and this is nothing against library, the library. And if there are librarians or sure. spouses and friends of librarians, this is nothing against that. I just don't know that that's going to be the attractive image that draws someone in. Yeah. If they really care about academics and they want to, and they talk about studying a lot, then that might be a great image, but then you better have it dynamically inserted because you know, that's their interest. Mm. I, you know, you don't, you know, just think about those types of images. Other thing I would say is sometimes plain text. I'm, don't be afraid of plain text, especially if it's that follow-up email from a counselor to say, hey, check out the email about the open house that we sent out. Let that be plain text because, you I don't know, if you go to your inbox, find someone, everybody for the last week that has emailed you directly, how many of them had an image at the top? Right. So like make it, if it's a person-to-person -person thing, make it look Correct. like it's from yes. a human who if, wrote you a note. Correct. If we're building a relationship, you tell me the last person that emailed me to build a relationship who I had a relationship with, whatever that had a header and a logo at the top, like a memo. I'm going to start sending you um, like emails about campers, like on letterhead, Mickey, and see if you respond to that. Yep. Well, I, well, it's about campers. So if it's something I really care <laughs> about, true. that will make you feel right? seen. I'm going to look at me. it. Yes, sure. Yes. Well, I'll put it on letterhead. It'll make you feel alienated. Okay. So that's really important too. Yeah, it'll okay. make me be very frustrated and I'll want to email them and say, Hey, do you know what you're doing? Right. Right. Can't okay. So we talk about sort of like the relevance of a message and we talk we talked a little bit about preference and persona data and ways to segment based on the data that you have. And, the, you know, we're not the only source that has preference persona data. I think ours is best, of course. But if you have it, it's definitely something to leverage. I think when I think about preference and persona data, a lot of schools feel really frozen about how to take it in a place to make it actionable. And I think just like we're talking about, like emails in small ways can be tuned up and tested. And I want to segue to talking for our last few minutes about testing and measuring. Um, but I think preference and persona data are things that can feel additive and not things that you have to like stop the presses, blow the whole thing up and rebuild around, right? Like you can, you can view that preference and persona segmentation as really additive. Um, you can also run your preference and persona data with your call sheet or send it out with your road staff so that when a student walks up, the student can immediately have that feeling of feeling being like known, seen and heard in a way that feels really validating to the student, which kicks off that really genuine relationship. Um, so, okay, Mickey, let's talk a little bit about testing and measuring. I realize with a late start, we um, uh, have to go a little bit more quickly, but I, I do, you are like an obsessive measurer of results and you will make tests or you will make changes and then retest and I'm curious. Over and over and over. Yeah. Like, like I, I like to tweak. I, I, you know, I, part of that may be, I don't know, personality trait. Um, I, you know, I like improvement. I don't know. I, yeah. I can't help it. Um, but I, if you're not testing, you, you really need to test because when you find the nuggets. So when anyone, myself or any person out there says, hey, emojis work better. You know how they know that? Talk they to tested me. it. Yeah. I got my microphone. They tested it. You know, <laughs> you you don't have to let everybody else tell you some of those things because you'll find your own. You might find one email that overperforms all the others, mm. and you might say, "Well, why? Maybe it's the subject line. Maybe it's the link that's in this spot. Let's try another email and replicate that and see how it works." And then now I've taken the old version of that new email and the new version, and I'm going to send them both to a small group and see which works. And <gasps> what? Yeah. Do we, what? Yeah. You, you know, and, and you, you, and to be fair, you might come back and say, well, that didn't work. Well, what? Well, let's try this. Let's try. We're not talking, you got to spend 20 hours a week testing stuff. You know, if you're not testing, it takes 15 minutes 
to go look to find an email that seems to be doing better than others. Yeah, to, right. You've to got get probably out a visual chart in there that's got some ups and downs and peaks. You look for the up. Let's look at that email. Why the heck is that doing that? Yeah, right. Can that's actually a good like way to positive test instead of like sort of yes. getting yourself out of the weeds of like negative testing. You're like, okay, what is working well and why? And we yeah. can replicate that. The, yes. the thing that I think about, sort of the first question that comes to mind when I think about measuring anything is like for email would be like given type timing and audience, is this message giving us the desired results? The thing that's implicit in that is that you estimated what your desired results would be ahead of time. Our, our takeaway that we'll share with this group um, does that. I actually call mm -hmm. out when you build an email that you really should say like, okay, we're going for, we're making a bet here. We're going for an open rate of this. We're going for an action rate of this and then measure back at the end to say like, okay, now how did we do? Um, but that's the sort of the first question I think about when I think about uh, sort of like that negative version of uh, diagnosing problems Mickey, what other questions would you ask a team or somebody reviewing an email when diagnosing like problems with an email? Diagnosing problems? Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, I would look at, um, be sure, I'm, there's a few things I'm, I'm, I'm looking at to be sure that the, the school is thinking about it. So, you know, are they thinking about the device opens? Let's because that's an easy thing to say, because sometimes if it's you know, like, this email looks short. Well, yeah, you're on a laptop. It looks really short. But when you oh, crunch it together, it you know, those two little paragraphs now look like it it's three pages long. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's think, you know, so, you know, diagnostic stuff, you know, I, I look at, a, I like to look at a series of, of communication, not a single one. To, when I look at opens and clicks, mm -hmm. to figure out, you're going to find, you probably have some that are producing zero point one like you know clicks and and you know and you should have some hopefully you've got some that are 15 20 30 percent clicks mm -hmm. um and you got to find you know what what's the what are the best and what are the worst sometimes it's not just that an email is that bad it could just be placed poorly um sure, and so finding that so what i'm you know what else am i thinking about from diagnostic well how long is the overall com flow how long should it be you know, we, we talked like applications, you know, how long do you know the answer to this as, as an, you know, someone in your institution? How long does it take someone to start and complete an application form? Do you know that answer on average? What is it? If you don't go find it um, because you want to know that because let's say it's, let's say it's 27 days. I don't think it's going to be that long, but let's just say it is. If your com flow is for 45 days and half the messages come after day 22, well, that's half the messages that are wasted because you might see the drop off at day 21 mm -hmm. tanks. Well, why, why are you still spending? It's not to say you shouldn't spend any effort reaching out to them, but not half the communications. Right. Why don't it's we like topics? Yeah, yeah. And look at the timing, the frequency. I always look at timing and frequency. Um, I think we get nervous about being communicating too much. So keep in mind, not everyone's going to read every email and we all know, I've, look, I've got a high school sophomore. We're not getting emails yet, but I can tell you we're getting a lot of mail. Hmm. Uh, there have been there have been zero, zero inquiries made. And we're starting to get a lot of mail. I'm waiting on the emails to come. And I need to go check the, the email account because as a parent and as a higher ed person, I'm going to be looking at all of it. Right. <laughs> so keep in mind. For everyone that's raised their hand. Um, every, you know, they're raising their hand, let's say 15. And then you've got all those that bought the name. There's going to be a whole inbox of emails. 
And so if you send one at day three rather than day seven, it's still going to be mixed in with all the others. That's right. And so it's not like they've got an empty inbox and they're only going to see your name in there over and over and over. That's not going to be the case. So don't be afraid of frequency because you got to get through because everybody else is getting in there. Oh, that's so sad not, right? though. That like you're you're basically saying like email is super freaking noisy, and so we have to like act like that's true. Like you have, but if you're stand out, and you're yes, yes, correct. You, like you want your stand now to stand let's, out let's, and noisy. And let me point another thing out because if I have high frequency and I'm good with what I'm doing, my comflows are built to say, um, you started an application. I want you to finish that application form. It's, you know, and say I've got that built for 28 days because my average is around 20. Mm -hmm. um, if they complete on day four, they're not getting the rest of those emails. That's right. Right. That combo stop. stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if I do the job well and early, all the other stuff's not crowding their inbox because they've right. done what they needed to do. That's right. So we've saved them that. And so now another flow is going to pick up and start. But it, because they've made a step, there's usually excitement and a little bit of peak of energy once they complete a stage and they're ready for the next. And so they're going to be a little more attentive. And so when I send that next email, I've got a better shot of engaging them. So not knowing that they've completed that form and communicating with them that um, right away, you're missing out because there should be some excitement. Oh, I complete the application. I got mm -hmm. that in. Mm -hmm. Glad that's done. Um, and maybe that, you know what? Now that I say that, that could be my subject line. I bet you're glad that's done. I want to let you know, Mickey, we've got your application. Here's what I want you to do next. That's and right. by the way, like, next is not corrected. five things. Yes. And the next okay. is not the five things. Because how many folks are saying these are the five things? No, no, no. One. Just the next thing. Yep. Just the next thing. Well, we are at time, Mickey. I know oh, sorry. you and I could talk. No, Ooh. I mean, this is, this is the energy we want. I mean, we just had a comment. Thank the Lord for CRMs. How did we do this without emails and texts? Mail. It was the mailbox that was the really noisy place. Yep. And now we have lots of different channels to be noisy. And this is something we talk about at College Mind all the time, which is like we essentially give you the ability to get out of the noise of the email inbox and connect yeah. with students who want to be connected with on a different platform. But because I'm being buyer in, I'll save the sales pitch for a different day. Um, I'm sharing my screen right now, which is the takeaway we have, which is sort of a cover sheet for you to run with each of your emails. So if you had five minutes to run through this email, to run through an email, like really getting explicit about why we're sending this, who we're sending it to, what do we want to happen? What do we need to get across? What's the subject line? And then making you make these bets here openly, right? Like, I don't want you to send emails. And I think, Mickey, you would agree. We don't want to folks to send emails, just sort of like send them and see, like make a bet with yourself and your team. Like, what do we want the open rate and click rate to be? Like, what do we think the conversion into that action would be? And then come yeah. back and mark the actual. And that will allow you to shuffle through some of the, um, I, some I of would, the, the grading. Yeah, I would just chime in and say, Look, you can study, go online, Google. You can see what subject line or what uh, op open rates and click rates are in emails. Um, just get a sampling. You don't expect 80% open, 50% right. clicks. Like if, you're, right. if, you're not looking, if you've never looked at it before, mm -hmm. that's really, you know, try to come with relative, that's relatively grounded. So, you know, maybe it's a 35% open rate. Maybe it's a 7% click rate. Yep. Um, you know, do those um and then, you know, set it that way. So, so just be sure you're trying to set something that's, so you don't want to over, overestimate and be really disappointed. Yes. Agree. Right. Like keep yourself grounded in yes. real benchmarks yes. and make those bets. And I think that this a material like this open for all of us, well, uh, all of you here on the show today 
um, we will post it um, for you to grab, but this is something that you could dedicate another staff member to do. Um, but really it allows you to be crisp and bring in a culture of like testing and measuring um, in places that we might feel frozen. So please do use that. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Mickey, thank you for being my guest. It's been a long time coming. I love talking with you. Folks, well, thank you week, for inviting me. Yeah, thank yeah. I Thanks for being here. And I can't wait to see you on the CRM improv. CRM improv. There you okay, go. I will get it together before I am on the show again. I promise. <laughs> I have a couple of weeks yes. until we record, right? CRM improv. Yes. That's it. Okay, I did it. That's right. Great. Um, well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks as we record that. Folks, we are off next week for the Vine Down because I don't think you want like a live stream of my Thanksgiving day as I like herd children and make food. <laughs> Maybe some of you would want that, but I don't think that's uh, relevant to the podcast. Um, I don't think so, your kids would want that. Uh, they, I don't know. They're like me. They would probably like that. Um, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks next Thursday after next with another Vine Down for you all. Humans, thanks for coming. Great to see you. Be well. Drink water. Happy holidays. Thanks, Mickey. Take care.